inside this whip. He rained out his burner. Mama looking at me, crying. She asking when they can stop the murder. Till when did they first stop burning? Till there was no more hurdles. Pop green up, no kernels. This lean designer, no Virgil. No Tesla, I'm a mega pilot. They told my homie, so I got a break of silence. Welcome back, uh, ladies and gentlemen. It's the Hardwood Report two man show today. It's Kevin Chris. Um, Rob's is on a local vacation, some well deserved time off. So we're here. We're going to get to it. Um, we're going to go through the draft. We're going to go through a couple of trades and we're going to go through peak offseason discussion. So we're going to talk the top 25, sorry, the top five players five years from now. All right. So, Chris, what are you saying? Uh, pretty uneventful week for you. <laughs> this week was um, Scotty's a Toronto Raptor. We're going to talk about that. And man, them had their first kid. So it's like one of those where sleep, man, sleep. It's crazy. They say you don't know what you have until it's gone. And yeah, but man's right here still ready to talk and yeah, facts. move forward. Facts. So congratulations on that. Let's move. Let's get into it. So talking to NBA, the NBA draft, right? Obviously the Raptors pick fourth. We're going to start. I'm going to skip Kate at, at one because there's not much to discuss there. That one is clear cut. What I want to start with is Jalen Green going second to the Houston Rockets. I know originally we thought, originally there was a lot of chatter about Evan Mobley going second. They liked him a lot. Um, kind of likened him to taking Elijah on first um, back in the 80s. So what are your thoughts on Jalen Green to the Rockets? Honestly, when I look at Jalen Green, I like him as a prospect. And it's not it's hard not to really like him as a prospect. Like he looks like one of those players that eventually they're going to have an opportunity um to lead the league in scoring. That I feel like everybody understands that that is a possibility that is more likely than not in terms of just his scoring prowess. The issue that I have with Jalen Green is that I feel like that's all that he can do, right? Because when you look at him when he was down uh, on the Ignite team, he, it wasn't like he was showing anything in terms of his passing ability or vision. Or even if he had, you know, the passing that played off of his scoring, where, you know, a la Russell Westbrook and things like that. And unfair, Russell Westbrook had to grow into that as well. Um, so it's possible that he can, you know, he can evolve into that. Same thing with Zach Levine. He had to evolve into a guy that can average five assists a game. Um, so for me, I would have taken Mobley and I understand that it it may have been a a thing where the, the league is transitioning away from the big and maybe that's why Mobley got knocked here, but Mobley is a guy that can do everything, you know, and he has, you know, the, the, the potential to even do more than what he's already done. And with Jalen Green is he's a slight build person. He's, he's not He's what six five, I believe. I don't even think he's like six seven yeah. like that. I think he's, he's like six, six five, five or six six. Exactly, he's six five and he's one hundred and eighty pounds, and he's an amazing athlete. Fair, but you know, and his mentality is is, is I like the mentality, but it's just I'm I'm not trying to get into the fact that I'm trying to say that oh he's too flashy or he's too whatever because we saw mellow ball. But Mellow Ball has measurables that Jalen Green doesn't have. Jalen Green is basically like CJ McCollum. That's going to be out there scoring. And he's like a more athletic CJ McCollum. So it's like, how much can his game develop to the point where we're saying that this is one of the best players or one of the best players under 25 or whatever the case you want to say in the league? 
is it enough that he's just out here scoring? Is that enough? Is that is he gonna get to that that spot in the NBA with the scoring alone? I think I think you're getting ahead of yourself just based on like you know talking about him being one of the best players under 25, whatever it is. I think being able to score the basketball is a very good starting point because yeah, there are a lot of guys that can score, but all the best players in the league can score the basketball. There's very few players that we regard in the top 20, top 25, whatever you want to call it, that can't put the ball in the basket, right? So I think that's a very good starting part. He's hyper-athletic. To the to your question about them taking Green instead of Mobley, I, th- I think I'd lean maybe because of James Harden walking out the door. Like, that's that's as close as you can get to a replacement when we're compa- – like, if we're comparing Mobley and – um. Mobley and Green. I like. I don't know how I feel about the KPJ and um, Green pairing, but I also understand like KPJ can't stop you from taking Jalen Green if you're high on him. Likewise, or Christian Wood can't stop you from taking F Mobley, right? So I like it. I think it fits. Like that's a good place for him to be, in my opinion. I think it's you know major market. He's not only is he going to bring the talent, but he's also going to bring the excitement. And I think. You can look to see where his game grows from there. You forget that John Wall's on this team as well, right? Like, you easily forget that. For so, good reason, though. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying, like, that's a vet point guard. And, like, I've seen um, interviews where John Wall's talked about, like, when he came in and Gilbert Arenas moved over for him. So I'd, I'd, it'd be, it'll be interesting to see if he does the same for Jalen Green or even KPJ because KPJ played fairly well, like, down the stretch. But I think Houston's in a good spot to trade James Harden. And then, like, One obviously, year James Harden, yeah, yeah. To, obviously you're going to be shit, but to make sure you're shit enough where you're getting a guy like Jalen Green, who was probably the top prospect coming in, is, um no, Kate was actually going Kate to was, college. Yeah, but, but he was he was a close, yeah. too. Yeah, he was a, yeah. Um, like, you can't ask for more still. So I think they're in a good spot. Let's move on to Evan Mobley, right? I'm going to start this one. I think... The Evan obviously they didn't have a choice, right? Like once Green's gone, you're gonna take Mobley. But one of the, I guess the pros for the Cavs is that they don't necessarily have to make a decision on Sexton, who as like down as we may be on him, like we can't really refute that he's been their best player like for the past two, three years. So it buys them time in that sense. Um but obviously we're gonna look at Jared Allen as the odd man out now. But what do you think about his fit in Cleveland? First of all, again, let me say like if you get drafted to Cleveland, like it's not good, right? Under any circumstances. So, at that point, I already feel bad for the kid. But in terms of fit, it's gonna depend on what Evan Mobley all like. What does he develop into? Because if you watch him in warm ups and things like that, like you can see a jump shot there. You can definitely see a jump shot there the problem is that you're not seeing the jump shot translate into actual games right but it's better to have you know a, a blueprint of something than to have a la scotty barnes and to have man say we have to build it up from scratch like mobley isn't building up anything from scratch when it comes to his game like no, no part of his game is being built from scratch it's only being developed from this point on um so i feel like there is a possibility that, that, that they can play together if he is going to be able, and what you don't want to do as well is what they ended up doing to Sabonis early in his career, right? He had a little bit of a jump shot, and they said that we're going to make you a stretch for, just That's stretch how he came forward. to the league still. That 
that yeah. that was that's what I'm saying. Like they were saying, you know, we have Steven Adams, Sabonis, you can shoot a little bit. This is what you're gonna be doing. <clears throat> you're only a stretch four. It didn't take until he goes in over to Indiana, and then we see this absolute renaissance in the post. You know what I'm saying? Like, he had so much game to offer that he never would have been able to show us. And I feel like that is a comparison that we're, we're going to end up seeing with Mobley until they end up getting him just back into the five. The problem is that right now he may not be able to play the five because of his body. The guy's skinny as fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's seven foot tall, yes, but he's extremely skinny and thin. So... I feel like they would have to go back to like a young Anthony Davis or a young Chris Bosh to exactly see how they can work it around him. The good news is that he has good feet. He has good feel for the game. They put up his, he averaged two assists a game this year. His t- assist to turnover ratio was one of the best in terms of big men in the last 10 years. The only guy that came close to him was Anthony Davis. Um, so he has so much to offer that they can try and make it work. I just think that eventually at the end of the day, they're going to have to put him back at the five in order for him to see the true potential that Evan Mobley has, because right now they're not going to be able to realize it. Listen, I'm not like, I don't, I'm not going to roll on the idea that you're going to play these two men together. Like you're simply not going to convince me of that. That's just the Cavs not wanting to let go of a guy who they know has talent, but you made a choice. Like the minute, in my opinion, the minute you draft Evan Mobley, you made a choice over Jared Allen. Right. And I'm not like, again, I'm not going to talk about a man with I'm not going to talk about assist to turnover ratio when you're averaging 2.4 assists. Yeah, it may be the one of the best in the league, but that doesn't necessarily tell me you can pass. That just tells me your assist, like you don't turn over the ball. That's what it tells me more, which is good in itself, right? For a, a guy who obviously saw the ball a lot and wasn't on the greatest of teams. But back to the Cavs. You can't force him into something that's going to, that's just going to hinder his development. Right. The most important thing for a guy like Evan Mobley right now is to be where he's supposed to be. Right. If you're too skinny to play the five, that's not an excuse for you to play the four. Right. Because we've seen a lot of times two guys are too small to play the five, but they're also too slow to play the four. Right. And yeah, we might look at Evan Mobley and say he can defend multiple positions, but I'm just my point being is that you cannot take a guy out of where he's the most successful because you're scared to lose him. And you made a choice. Right. Obviously, the choice was made for you when Green was taken ahead of you. But again, it's a choice. Well, but you, you, it, I agree with that. You didn't make the choice. But the thing is that we, we do know that Allen is talented. So to say that you're just going to have the talent just walk away like that, like you never know. Sign him If you can sign him back no. to a reasonable contract, he's still an you asset. You can't, though. You can't. Why not? You know he, you know he's like he, there's our suitors for Jared Allen. Yeah, but he's restricted. So if unless somebody no, comes no, I understand and says you that can I'm giving match, you but- – Unless someone said they're coming, giving you what five years over ninety or five years eighty five, like unless there's come is unless there's someone willing to give Jared Allen twenty plus million a year over four or five years, what just match it, match it. This is what I'm saying, right? I like your idea is that he's an asset. Yeah, that's honestly I don't disagree with you on anything you're saying, but like that's a mistake that multiple NBA teams make in the sense that. You go after these. You want to keep a guy, right? You made a mistake. Like you didn't, you didn't make a mistake. You traded for Jaron Allen. There's an obvious need for him. Now you have Evan Mobley, right? You're going to hinder his development, and the the only way these two players can successfully play together is if Evan Mobley can has a legitimate jump shot. Legitimate. I'm not talking about he can shoot. Maybe legitimate jump shot, and that's when we start looking at this guy negatively because we're asking him to go away from his strengths. 
right? We're putting him in a position where the one thing you don't do well is the one thing I'm looking for now. That's not what you should do to a guy who has so much promise and does so many other things well. You should be able to put him in a position where he can excel in the things he does well, and if he figures the other and help him figure the other things out, and if it does, it's cool. If you're bringing him and asking him to play the four, because we know Jared Allen can't play the four. If you're bringing him and asking him to play the four, now you're giving him a disservice, right? You can look at Chris Bosh, but the NBA was a, a much different time back then. You could get away with your four man, your five man not being able to shoot outside of three feet. And your foreman and Chris Bosch being able to shoot 12 footers, right? And 14 footers, which he then expanded out. But by no means can you get away with your four only being able to shoot from 14, 15 feet. And that's what we're talking about with Evan Mobley. We're not even talking about the three point line yet, right? So give this guy a chance before he starts, though. That's all I'm saying. It's a tricky situation, honestly, because yes, I I I agree. You you want to be able to put the man in the best position possible, but you also don't want to give up. Just, just give up on on things for just no re- like. Yes, there's a reason, but like, I don't feel like the reason is good enough at this point in time. Like, I feel like you, you at least give it a year. Like, if it doesn't work in a year, again, if you sign Allen back to a reasonable contract, if it gets too outrageous, if somebody's coming bringing up, bringing them big, big money, all power to you. Let him go. All power to you. But if someone's coming to him with a reasonable contract, and you know that this contract is exactly what you would have offered or where you where you wanted to go, just sign them back. And then in a, in a year, if it turns out that, yeah, it's not going to work, then you can go and give as, and you can get something back. And who knows, like, Jared Allen may be the trade piece that you need to get a guard, to get a wing, to get whatever you need in order to, you know, help the same Evan Mobley down the road. You know, like, I just want to burn my hand before I know exactly what I need from it. That's all it is. I, I don't disagree with you because let's keep, if we're being honest, Evan Mobley could be shit. Yeah, and, and who knows? Like, he could be, he could come in and we realize that he can't, he's, he literally is too small to play the five because obviously yeah. they're going to try and stagger them. So you're going to realize that he literally cannot defend the five and he is too small to defend the four. So he's not ready yet. But, but he's, that's what I'm saying, it could like, be a case where he's not ready. And we need we need Jared Allen on the roster to provide him time. That's that that can totally be true, right? But this is where the the whole like delicacy of this entire situation is, is because one year is enough. I'm not saying one year can do a man in, but one year of struggling from a guy who has no NBA experience, right? Like it is enough to ruin the confidence in a player. Some players can't come back from that, and I'm not saying Evan Mobley is that guy, but I understand. Like again, I'm not. You're right. You know, like what I'm saying is not the only way to do things. It's just, it's a tough situation. I feel like the same ways if they drafted um, Green, maybe they'd be in the same situation with Sexton and Garland, maybe, right? But and it is a, it's that, not a good situation. I, I would be fully on board on shipping Sexton. Well, that you could trade him, right? That's the or, or or yeah, yeah, trading. That's what I meant by shipping. Yeah, that's would the, be, like that's the difference, right? You can trade him; he's not yeah, going to walk out the door. He's not going to walk away. So, but yeah, I would get I would get rid of that man the same night that I tra- I drafted Jalen Green. To be honest, because <laughs> we already know it's not working. Like we we we're already seeing the proof in the pudding. They're yeah. already in the yeah, situation. Yeah, no, no, I understand, but like it's it's also weird when like. Because as much as we say we might not rate Sexton, like we can't refute he's been their best player over the past like three years. Yeah, and and right? the, so and, the, and but the thing is, like he's been the best player not only because of you know the talent that he has. He does have talent to score. He's he's efficient and he gets buckets. 
but at the same time, it's the way he goes about it. You know what I'm saying? Like the way he goes about playing, it's almost like he's 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 holding the roster hostage so that he can go out there and 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 do what he's currently doing. And yeah, I, I, it it'd be interesting to see him on a good team, yeah. like on a team that where, like, where has somebody can hold him where, accountable. Yes, yeah, like, where where he's not looking down the roster, as Rob said, where Rob he's not looking down the roster and saying, saying oh, none shows. of you guys can talk to me. Yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting to see that. Um, all right, moving on. Scotty Barnes to the Toronto Raptors at four. I'm going to let you lead this off because obviously you got your guy. Yeah, yo, I got my guy for sure. I definitely got my guy. And let me start off by saying the reasons why um, I did not want Jalen Green, right? Sucks. Number one, or sorry, sucks. The reason why I didn't want Jalen sucks. Number one, he plays a position to where I understand that they come every single year. Every single year. We just finished talking about a guy in Sexton where he's averaging 24, 23 points on 47, 48%, nearly 40% from deep. And the way we speak on him, he'll, he never sniffes an all-star game. And right now they're saying that he's on he's steadily on the trade market. Like We have a guy in Darren Fox to where he's out there averaging 24, 25 a night good percentages, can't sniff an all-star game. We have a guy like CJ McConnell. He's out there averaging 20 efficiently, cannot sniff an all-star game. Like, these players are in the league at the guard position that is plenty good enough, but not that good. They just can't move the needle enough to where they're saying that they're enough of a difference maker. When I look at a Jalen Suggs, I'm saying, yes, you can score the ball, but how well can you score the ball? Yes, you can pass the ball, but how well can you pass the ball? You can. You are a good rebounder, rebounder for a guard. I'm not even going to say it. You definitely are. You're a good defender. But the problem with that is I'm saying, where can I see the traits in you where I say that you are a plus guard in the league? You are a guard in the league where I'm saying that it cannot be denied that you're one of the top 10 top 15 even top 20 cards in the league and i just feel like i don't see that in his future what i see is a quality player a quality player for years to come but for me at the four pick i'm gonna say i want to get a player where i'm shooting for something that isn't an everyday thing that i'm gonna so, see. sorry before you before you go there right let me ask you a question and then i'll let you get to scotty Barnes because you just didn't say on sucks when you're saying about when you're talking about jalen sucks you said um you like you're saying you named all the players that are guards that are good in this league but not necessarily good enough can't sniff all star games. You're 100 percent right in that, right? Name some guys of the Scotty Barnes mold who are similar to that. It's one and one. It's one and one. The thing is, the realistic, the only guys in the only guys that are similar to Scotty Barnes are guys like Draymond and Ben Simmons. Like these are the players that we're talking about. You're not Gian- Giannis. Giannis fair or no? I wouldn't say Giannis only because when Jan, I guess like the like the reason why I'm not gonna say Giannis is because I from recollection I I heard when they said that Giannis can play point guard and things like that and yes he was like a defender and things of that nature as well I just don't remember him being like spoken of in that type of mold so yeah maybe, I agree 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 maybe you can like looking back you no, can no, put no, Giannis into it now I just don't remember him being like that but. The guys that I do remember is is Draymond Green and Ben Simmons. And for me, yes, I understand that those players have their limitations. But the upside 
And granted, you have to have a, a, a system in place where you can slot the correct pieces around them in order to really maximize that individual player. Because yes, we understand that Draymond isn't Draymond without the Warriors. And although Ben Simmons has been Ben Simmons with a cast of crew that has been steadily revolving, now we're at a position where we're saying that it's no longer working because the cast of crew isn't correct. So I understand that that is the risk with Scotty Barnes. But with my issue is the upside is just tremendous, right? You have a player, or intangibles with Scotty Barnes are off the charts. There's not a player in the draft where you can say that. Yo, the thing is, though, have... the thing is, you can't talk intangibles in this conversation with me because you told me to dead all that. With no, but, so but that's what I'm that. saying. But that's no, but I'm, 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 li- I'm literally bringing it up because I know that the intangibles is the best thing that Suggs has to offer. That's why I'm bringing it up. I wouldn't have brought it up if it wasn't Suggs that we're speaking of. But because Suggs, you hear, he's such a great leader. He always, he's won at every point in in his career. He he doesn't shy away from the big moments. He he doesn't shy away from the big defensive moments, like the block that he had against UCLA. Scotty Barnes does this exact same thing. He's never not won. He's came up through Montverde. He's came up in... in um, with 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 the uh, with Florida State now, where he was the engine of the team, you know what I'm saying. So, and again, then you look at the physical tools that he has. Yeah, we don't want to talk about the slave trade, but it's undeniable. You have a six eight six nine player that has a seven three wingspan that legitimately handles the basketball. That is like in in this time in this place, a plus size ball handler in itself in itself is a skill that's going to get you drafted alone then you're going to add on the things that we see in the defensive ability the man in the acc no player led no player held the opposing player to a lower average on jump shooting so on the perimeter he's locked down he switches everything because florida state's defense was a switch everything type of system on defense and he did it he guarded one through five and he guarded one through five extremely well he fronts the big when he's not fronting the big, he's playing behind and he's getting big. He's holding position. Like, for me, it's just like, bro, like, Scotty Barnes is a player where, and maybe it's my obsession with these type of players, because I do love the gritty, hard nose, bring your lunch pail type of type of basketball players. I love that. But I believe but that to be sucks, time, too. At the same time, it's like, it's like, fam, like, I, I watch him play. I watch the potential that he could have in the NBA, in a free-flowing league. Because in, in, in college, everything is a little bit more slow and, and, and rugged. In a free-flowing league where Scotty Barnes just gets to roam and be free and run, nah, fam. Like, for me, I need that over a Suggs any day. Because you're not going to find If Scotty Barnes hits, you won't find it. It's few and far between. You can count those players on one hand. If Suggs hits, I'm promising you, I'm looking at 20 other guards in the league saying, okay, who is he better than? Okay, this is... A lot of stuff I want to get through, right? Um, I hope I don't forget all of it. But to start, the intangibles thing, like, again, you told me not to talk about the intangibles, so I don't necessarily want to hear it. We're just going to wash that out as equal, right? For me, my issue with Scotty, it's not even an issue with Scotty Barnes specifically, right? Because we were having a conversation the other day, and I was trying to explain this to you. Like, I don't pretend to know any of these guys. What I do know is the NBA, right? And I know what what the game has transitioned towards, and I know what makes sense and what what doesn't, right? A plus-size ball handler in this league is a great thing to have, and that alone will get you drafted. But you and I can both agree that it's also probably the highest level of fool's gold in this league today. 
A lot of mans have gotten drafted. Justice Winslow. A lot of guys like that have gotten drafted probably at the same pick because they were six, seven, six, eight, could play the three and do and, and dribble the ball. Right. So yeah, I agree with you that because it's so highly coveted, it is getting a lot of mans drafted and they're busting. Right. That has nothing to do with Scotty Barnes. I'm just saying in general. Next. My problem with your statement about, you know, Suggs is a dime a dozen and you're saying Scotty Barnes is, if he hits, he's going to be the next best thing. My issue with that is the guys you're comparing him to are not the next best things themselves, right? Ben Simmons, okay, cool. I'm a big fan of Ben Simmons. I think he's a lot he's a lot better than he gets credit for. But when we're talking about like Draymond Green, as much as I'm a fan of Draymond Green and I rate Draymond Green, I can also admit that this man is absolutely his career trajectory and how we view him is completely different if he's not playing in that Golden State Warriors system with Stephen Clay, right? So with that said, what is the comps, right? Because if you're telling me that if he hits, he's going to look like Draymond Green or Ben Simmons, I'm not going to talk about Draymond Green because Draymond Green's not good enough as a standalone player for me to even compare. If you're saying if he hits, he's Ben Simmons, cool. No, no, but cool. Go ahead. Just talking about Draymond Green, yes, if Draymond Green doesn't have the teammates around him to so that, to enable him being who he is, then he's not going to be the type of guy that he is. But let's not act like that doesn't stand true for almost 80% of the league. You need uh, good players around you. No, 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 not, no, 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 no. You know, but no, no, no. But I've said this before. I'm not, I'm not just moving like the man's going to, everyone's going to be the exact same, same if they don't have players, right? A guy like Draymond Green, similar to a guy like Lonzo Ball, they're better. Their entire game is predicated on for the most part, they're passing, right? So if you put them on a bad team, they're going to look worse, right? I'm yeah. not saying that. I'm not. So don't get me wrong where I'm saying but that, like. But what I'm and, saying is that's, that's, that's the same thing for different molds as well. Like no, a guy like, like Zach Levine, if he's on a great team, all of a sudden he looks like he's on trajectory for Hall of Fame bound instead of just being no, no, known I, as. No, no, I, I know. And I agree with you on that, right? But what I'm saying is that the fall off is going to be a lot different because a guy like Zach Levine. At the end of the day, 25 is 25, right? Like, if we're going to, you're right. If he's on a better team, he's on Hall of Fame trajectory, right? But Draymond Green is a great player, but without those guys, he can't, like, he's not, he's not making those passes, don't mean anything, right? So, what I'm trying to get to is, right? Yeah, you're talking about Fox. Um, I don't remember who else you mentioned, but like Fox, for example, like, he's good, but he's not good enough. You have to remember that guys like Fox, sorry, guys like Dame Lillard were Fox at one point. You like people move like these mans go from rookies to superstars, right? There are a lot of guys that look like Fox that end up being superstars, and there are a lot of guys that look like Fox that don't end up being any better, right? So, the idea that if you get to a Fox or the idea that a guy like Fox can't be any better is completely insane to me because at one point, Damian Lillard was one of those guys. He was putting up 25 a game and couldn't make the All Star team. Now he's first team All NBA almost religiously, and he's a shooing out at, at, um, all-star time and he's one of the best point guards in the nba so my point being is like we're, we're skipping steps here we're looking at a guy like jalen suggs and projecting if he can be steph curry or be damian lillard but you have to remember that at some point all of these guys steph curry was at one point a, a colin sexton for all i'm concerned yeah. so, so, uh, that's I'm, a little not, rough no but i'm saying like a guy that a guy that who was, <laughs> I hear who that, was like, on the on verge of getting team, traded on a bad team well, he, they almost he, traded him because that would have been a mistake. Shot, which right. shot a, that, that would have been them choosing right. Monte Ellis. But like, right. but, and, not, and what I'm saying is, right, it could have easily went the other way. And that's what I'm. So that's my point. When you're talking about a guy like Fox, and you're moving like, if Fox is the best thing that you see in him, then it's not good enough. Because the same thing can be said for a guy like Scotty Barnes, right? 
I can name a lot of guys who came in the league with his similar profile and end up being shit, right? Or we can just jump straight to Ben Simmons, but there's steps that you take to Ben Simmons, to be fair, he came in the league and he was basically an all-star from the day he touched the NBA, right? But looking at other guys, like there's steps that you take towards to get there. So that's why I don't think to comparing him to guys like Fox or saying like that is the like because those men aren't finished products, right? I'm not. I'm not saying that when I, when I compare him to a guy like Fox, I'm not saying that that's going to be his his ceiling. I I'm not. That's not what I'm saying. No, what no. I'm I know exactly. Is, I know exactly what you're saying. I know exactly. Yeah. Again, what I'm saying I'm is, say, if the outcome is Fox, and Fox right. is a great player, like I'm not trying it's to. It's not dis- good enough. It's not good enough. That's right. all and I'm I saying. I get that. But what? But again, my point being is like you're looking at a guy like Fox and act, and when you say that, you're saying it as if he is the finished product. When a guy like Damian Lillard was at one point Fox. Fair. What 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 is Fox in now? Five, year five, year six? Uh five at most, I'd say. Yeah. So if if Fox is going in year, year five, five, going to year five, it would have to happen right now. Like I feel like the leap that we've seen from Fox is pretty much what we're gonna see from him. Like if, if he jumps up, if he jumps up from here, it wouldn't be a, a situation where we're saying like, oh, this is a natural progression. It's saying, wow, Fox really took a leap. That's what we're saying. But, yo, the thing is, like, again, if I compare my guy to a guy like Dame Lillard, Dame Lillard in year five, did he make the all-star team? He averaged 27 and six, right? That's, it's a yeah, bit but less. that's 27 and six, fam. But Fox is averaging and, 27 and, and he, 25 and eight. But hold on, hold on. And my point when, being, but, but hold when, on. When Dame didn't make the all-star game, it was like outrage, fam. And he, I right. think he, but, but you know what the difference is? Dame was 26. When yeah, Dame became older. a bona fide superstar in this league, he was 28 yeah. years old. So that's what I'm saying. Like, to look at a guy like Fox, for example, like, it's just not fair to me, right? And if I move over to Scotty Barnes... Like, again, I don't pretend to know these guys. I just know how the lead, I just know the the part I analyze is the NBA aspect. That's why I want any anytime you talk to me about these guys, the first thing I ask you is, "Can he shoot?" Because I don't know. Right? I ask you the question, "Can he shoot?" "Can he do this?" "Can he do this?" When you answer these questions to me, that's how I start to fill up my idea of what I like, what I like, and what I don't like. For the most part, when I'm talking about a guy like um, Scotty Barnes, right, I and I can admit that the potential is there, 100, percent right, based on everything I've seen so far. But I also can admit this is the highest level of fool, fool's gold in the land. This is the highest level of it can either be cubic zirconia or it can be a diamond. And more often than not, they're cubic zirconia. And that's nothing on Scotty Barnes because let's be honest. Like we've said this before. The entire Jurassic craft shoot. More likely than not, all these guys are going to be shit. So there's nothing against Scotty Barnes. It's just like, yeah, we're talking about you want to reach for the stars, but a 6'9", and this is my issue when we start digging into the measurables and who he is as a talent. I listened to his press conference. He said his preferred position is point four, right? Like, he wants to be a point guard in this league. My, mm-hmm. my issue with that is that you can't shoot, right? And when I hear, and the six, to me, the 6'9 guy that can dribble is cool when you can take it down if, if you can't shoot. Assuming you can't shoot you're, and you can dribble, you're cool if you can take it down into the post and get a bucket. Mm-hmm. If you can't do that, I honestly don't care, right? And everything I've seen so far shows me he's not necessarily a scorer like that in the bucket, right? And you made another point saying that, you know, the college game is a lot more restricted. The NBA is a lot more free-flowing, so you're kind of excited to see him in that space to operate, right? And I agree with you in terms of your analysis of the college and the, the NBA game. But at the same time, a lot of mans get exposed when that game opens up and now you have to beat a player one-on-one. When you can't, when you're not the tallest and strongest guy on the court anymore, because let's be honest, Scotty Barnes was most likely that throughout his college career. He's and a th- beast, right? But what I'm saying <laughs> is, when you get to the NBA, there are a lot less guys 
there are a lot less guys that you can just overpower bootstrap. So as much as you're saying the free-flowing game could open him up and it can look amazing, he could absolutely drown. Because again, he can't shoot. So now when it's time to get a bucket and make an offensive move and man's loading up on you, things might look a lot different. So that's why like I prefer a guy like Jalen Suggs because at the end of the day, I think he's addressing a direct need and I feel like his game will better translate as of right now in the NBA. And I'm and I'm of the standpoint where like we can't skip steps here. I can't look at Suggs and try and find a superstar. Right? Especially when when I look at a guy and I say like you right now, you're projected to probably be a starter in this league as of right now, right? Obviously, that could be wrong, but that's kind of how everyone views him as the most ready guy. So yeah, he, he's he's viewed as one of the most ready guys. Yeah, the thing so, is, what I'm saying with with, with Scotty Barnes because I said what I had to say about Suggs already, and I'm not even trying to say what I have to say about Suggs in in me trying to like say that he's shit or yeah, I've yeah never I know, said I know, that he's I know, shit, not, you know what I know I'm saying? So like, I, I understand that there is talent there, but when it comes to Suggs specifically i'm saying number one and it's also a part of like who we are as a as a franchise in itself right if if scotty goes to orlando all of a sudden all of the things that you're raising all of the things that you're questioning about him to me become amplified because you're going to a a, 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 t- a place and we know they have no plan because we've seen them do it with similar players but i've not- seen a guy like jonathan isaac take steps towards like yeah, you you have, and and it's been health with Jonathan Isaac, yeah. but he's has. But then you've also seen guys like MCW and and um Aaron Aaron Gordon over nah, there. MCW is a Philly project. You're not getting that off still. He he hasn't been on Orlando. I swear he's been on. Orlando. No, no, he's been on Orlando, but he was a well, Philly. Well, that's project. why I brought, brought him Gordon's up. Cool. I just remember him in yeah, in, yeah. In, in the thing. Right, but right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just not letting that I'm slide. Just... Like Aaron Gordon is fair. So. I'm just bringing the man up because I remember seeing him. But, like, you guys, you have guys like him. You guys have Aaron Gordon. You have a Mario Herzonia to where they, they're drafting guys that aren't the – they don't have the uh, ready-made tag. They have the tag where you have to develop and build, and we see how they flame out. Aaron Gordon didn't necessarily flame out, but he definitely didn't didn't reach any type of potential that we heard that he had prior to the draft. So – when you look on it from our perspective now, we have a number of guys, a laundry list of players where they came into our system and they became players that are a part of like their top 5% or top 10% outcome. Similar to guys like, and there's other organizations like that. The Heat, they're like that. San Antonio, they're like that. Where players go in there and they become the top side of what they are as opposed to the downside. So for me, it's like, I know if the Raptors drafted Scotty Barnes, they have a plan. I know Scotty Barnes in himself is the type of player where he's going to work and work and work and get whatever potential is in him to come out. That's what I truly believe. And then I also see the raw talent. You know what I'm saying? I also see something in him where, yes, he may not be ready in terms of his jump shot or his offense, but his defense is transferable right now. Right now, Scotty Barnes is going to be able to go out there and play some defense. Right now, he's going to be out there and, and go out there and make an impact on the floor. Even if he's not making the the the, the, the impact on offense that we want to see, the prop the you know his per thirty six or whatever the case is last year was sixteen points a game. He's not going to get anywhere close to that on year one. He probably not he won't get there on year two either. But what he will be able to do is go out there every single night and be a. a, a a workhorse engine. He's gonna get steals. He's going to be out there getting assists. He's gonna get rebound. He's gonna muck it up, bro. He's definitely gonna muck it up, and the offense will come because he's gonna continue to work on the offense. If the offense never comes, you got me. I'm wrong, 
But for me, it's like I know the type of team we are. I know the type of developmental program we have. And I feel like I know the player. And okay. with, with that, it's like I'm saying I'm taking – to me, that doesn't even feel like a risk to me. But for you this guys, is, it is a risk. So I'll take the risk. The, for me, this is why your statement on the Raptors being an organization that can get the most out of players is a wash. Because they could have got drafted Jalen Suggs, and whatever you're saying you don't see in him, the Raptors could have brought it out of him. So for me, it's a wash. Like Those are the things that like – Nah, fam. But that's why that's why I'm talking about the raw the raw. No, 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 no. I know. I know. But what I'm saying – but, but I, I understand exactly what you're saying. And I agree with you, right? But at the same time, I could also say the Raptors could get whatever raw, hidden, untapped potential there is in Suggs because we don't know these things to be true that any of these mans have actual potential, right? It's all perceived, right? There's no stat we can look at. So what I'm saying is that the same way you could say that about Scotty, same thing I can say about Jalen Suggs. And at the same time, when I'm talking about Jalen Suggs, I'd be saying they're start, they're building him from a better starting point, which we'd both agree at. But what you're saying is that Scotty Barnes, obviously, you believe he has a higher ceiling, right? So... Like, it's not – I agree with you. The fact that he went to the Raptors is better than him going to Orlando, right? But I'm just – I'm just – I don't like these picks, right? And I've been on this podcast for years saying I do not like these Isaac Okoro type mans. I don't like the guys who you tell me are – I guess it's not fair to c- compare Scotty Barnes to that. And he's a different type of player, but – these guys who at the very when you when you tell me at the very end of the day he's going to be able to defend that just annoys me because a lot of times it's very hard to predict um who's going to be a defender in the NBA a lot of these guys struggle especially when they have to play at the big position because you know pick and roll in the NBA is a lot different things of that nature you said the same thing for Wiseman he struggled and I expected him to struggle because rookie bigs don't play that well especially on the defensive end and yeah, Scotty's going to be able to guard maybe all over the court, but because of his inability to shoot, he can't play point guard. So he's going to have to end up being matched up against the bigger guys. And can you guard those bigger guys? Because you didn't go up against them in college. Those guys don't exist in college. They're few and far between in college. So yeah, I might agree with you that you know his versatility is going to be a plus in the NBA, but day one, if we're saying he can't come in and get a bucket and he's going to have to guard bigs it just doesn't make any sense to me and i'm personally of the mindset where as the roster is presently constructed i don't think we're giving them a great chance to succeed and i like my guys to bust on their own terms wait pause i allowed you on to succeed you know yeah i allow you on that one i I want my guy (laughs) i like my guys to fail on their own terms right i don't want my guys to fail because i didn't give them the opportunity to based on, for whatever reason, coaching, organizational, roster construction, whatever it may be, right? And I feel like right now we're not giving him that opportunity. Yeah, where I'm at the point where, if the, you know, per, as I presently hear, constructed... I, I hear that, fam. I hear that. You want to be able to to have man's fail on their own merits. But in reality, bro, like, life isn't sweet like that all the time, bro. No, no. Most but, often than not, it, but, it's just but, not that and sweet. And I agree with you, but it you could have saying? been. That's my problem, Chris. It could have been, but for the wrong player, bro. The no, Raptors no, but, feel like it's the wrong player. That's Obviously, like, okay, obviously, obviously we can argue, obviously the Raptors made their choice. I get that, right? But all I'm saying is that this is not... If he doesn't, if he doesn't, if he doesn't become a good player in this league, right? And again, I want to make it clear that most of these guys are not going to be. So it's not specific to Scotty Barnes. If he does not become a good player in this league, as personally constructed, I can't even look at him and say it was his fault. 
right? As opposed to a guy like Jalen Suggs who would have walked in, would have been a starter, at very worst, a sixth man playing at least 24 to 28 minutes a game. Right now, Scotty Barnes, I don't know how he stays on the court. I don't because it's, and it's not has not has obviously has to do with his game, but that's not his fault. Yeah, he's, but, and I, and I, and again, same thing I said about Evan Mobley. I think they're gonna bring him in, right? Maybe the Raptors are different because we we know the Raptors to be a better organization, right? But what what typically is going to happen in the situation? They're gonna come in and due to roster need and the fact that this team is trying to compete again, they're gonna ask him to do things he shouldn't be doing right now. They're not gonna be able to play him at point four because he can't shoot and they need to win games, so they're gonna play him at the four. Right, or they're gonna play him at the five, whatever. This OG they won't Barnes play him and Pascal. So. Okay, if they do again. play him at the five, it'll be like it, it. It'll be like in in spurs. I'm hearing, oh, he's gonna start at the five. Obviously, he's not, bro. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying start. I'm saying like the idea he's gonna close games at the five. All that is cool, right? But when I hear a player telling me his preferred position is point guard, right, that tells me you don't necessarily want to be down there. And I could yeah, be he wrong. He said it. He said that they asked him where can he guard, and he said I can guard one through four comfortably. And I can play some five, so that's him. I'm, I like to hear that as well because he's not going out there saying that I'm, I'm gonna be guarding Joel Embiid. You know what I'm right. saying? Like but, there okay. are certain fives in this league where he can guard. And then that's my that's my problem though. And again, I appreciate the honesty and I agree with him. So it's not against him. It's just again, right? You're gonna tell me that the roster is fluid, which is true, right? But as present, I have to judge based on what's in front of me. Right. And as presently constructed with Pascal, I think Scotty Barnes, I think prime Scotty Barnes, I think, you know, superstar Scotty Barnes would operate in the same space that Pascal. As Pascal Siakam, fair. Yeah. Right. So for me, and, and for me, you can't have two guys operating in that space because we've seen what happens when we have to, when we tell Pascal to stand on that one. Right. Yeah, you can't shoot. And, as, and as down as I am on a guy like Pascal, let's be honest, if Scotty Barnes turns into Pascal, or a player of Pascal's caliber, we can't call that a failure. But fam, what I'm saying to you is, right? What I'm saying to you is, we have seen this before. And it, you and this is why I seen said what? this is why I said like the cream rises to the crop. Because we've seen this dynamic before where you have two players where there's a roadblock and they have the team has to make a decision. We just talked about Steph Curry and, and, and Monte Ellis at that time. We have a guy like Jokic and Nurkic that has had that happened to. We have guys all over the league at a lower level and earlier in the seat in earlier in the year. We had Noel, Joel Embiid, and Okafor. Like we've had this, we're having it now again with Cleveland, we have it in in spades, and they're trying to make it work in Indiana. Like this has happened throughout the league, throughout the history of the league. To be honest, and then what happens is the team identifies the right player, or the right. The, hopefully, the team is able to identify the right player, and they make a move. So this is why I'm saying, like, it's not. Yes, there's no there's no current space for him at the moment right now that you would like to ideally say go out there and make all your mistakes and and flourish into the player that we want you to be. But the team is going to be able to identify who and we all know it's Pascal. So the team is going to be able to say we're going to trade him. And we've seen okay. it happen already. Like it's, yo, it has happened. This is the thing, right? We never remember the ones that didn't work out. Right? So again, like the idea that the cream rises to the top it's always going to sound cool because it's the catchphrase and it's, you know, the best player is going to win out. All that is cool, right? But what I'm saying to you is it doesn't always have to be that way. And I feel like we didn't have to go this route, right? I look at a team like Cleveland, for example, right? Whether or not they took Green or Evan Mobley, they had to go this route. 
they they would have had to make a decision whether it's going to be Jared Allen or it's going to be Sexton. With the Raptors, right? And again, I'm not talking about the Raptors taking some scrub who wasn't supposed to be highly touted. These guys are both highly touted in Suggs and Scotty Barnes, right? I feel like it's a guy I liked, obviously, more than Barnes. But I felt like they had a clear and consensus way to get straight to it with this guy and said, we're taking a roundabout. And now we got to talk about the cream rise to the top, right? And you you can be right in that, right? But it's not absolute. Because we've seen players, look at Sabonis who got traded. Is Sabonis not better than a guy like um, Steven Adams? Yeah. So I'm saying, so you can get moved. But, 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 but that's different though, because it's like contracting playing styles. But again, this is the NBA. There's always going to be contrasting playing styles, right? I so guess. like, like it's, it's not something you can get away from. And like, I don't know, man. I, I'm not, I'm, I'm open, right? I'm open. I'm just very down on the situation. I don't, I feel bad. I feel like we're not putting him in the best situation to succeed. And yeah, we are the Raptors and I believe our organization to be, you know, the next best thing in terms of development and all that, right? But fi- what, I'll, what I'll end it with, right, because we spent a lot of time on this, is that in my opinion, when you go against the grain, which Scotty Barnes was, right? You, I, I understand you're, you don't think it was because you, you liked him more than Suggs. You've been on that for a while. But generally, right, everybody from the fans to the NBA media, everyone expected you to take, for the most part, to take Suggs. When you go against the grain, you have to be right. Because you open yourself up to a different type of criticism when you don't. And personally, that's why I liked us being in fourth, because I felt like we didn't have to go against the grain. We had the opportunity to take whichever one came to us, right? But we just, we decided to go opposite pass, and we decided to go with a guy that, you know, wasn't the one we were supposed to take, but which is fine. But you have to be right. Yeah, you right? definitely and do. I, but I, I would say scared money don't make no money, fam. And that is true, right? Because you can look at a guy <laughs> like Masai, who... Went against the grain and took Kawhi, and went after Kawhi Leonard and traded the neighborhood hero in Demar Derozan, and he was right, and he got praised for that, right? But it's gonna, but the thing is, when you, it, when you get it wrong, that the hate is not going to compare to that praise. It won't, and and that's fair. But that's why I said if the, if they decided, and obviously they know that, obviously they know that they're going against the consensus. They definitely, I'm sure they know that. They had to have known that Obviously, because the know, entire yeah. time they were people were shoving Suggs, and there's no mock draft I saw where Scotty was the fourth pick. So obviously they knew that them going the Scotty route is going to be something that people are going to be keeping their eye on for years to come. Now, but at the same point in time, it's like if you feel like you've identified the right player, bro, just pick the right player, and that's what I want my GMs to do. I keep on talking about like my GMs, my coaches, whoever. I need you to make decisions. Don't make if you're making a decision based on what the public has said, and I agree that's with that. Not a decision. If, I'm not mad at them for liking Scotty Barnes and taking Scotty Barnes. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate you being confident in yourself enough to take that. But one more thing I'll say is there's a level of arrogance and kind of self I don't know. Let me just say arrogance and kind of overconfidence in yourself that comes along with being a guy like Masai Ujiri. Right? Yeah, but it's that not comes, like he drafted Josh Primo. Like, no, 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 like no, 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 I know. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> saying he's going crazy. I'm not saying he's going crazy. Right? I'm just saying there's a level of overconfidence and arrogance that comes as an organization and when you're a guy like Masai, when everyone believes that if you say so, if you say this thing is weighs 10 pounds, we agree it's 10 pounds. Right? When you become that guy, there's a level of overconfidence. And this can be another example of Masai saying, of Messiah being right and making the right decision, going against the grain and doing it all right, but it can easily be an example of a of your head just becoming too big. 
right? And yeah. in this situation, and the thing is, right, the Raptors pre-Messiah have a history of doing this. This is this is the part that's kind of annoying for me. It's like, this isn't just Messiah. We took Andre Barnyan, right? We reached for JV. Looking back at it, it's not a big deal, but the point still remains. Like, we reached for Terrence Ross. But that was under, like, the 10th pick. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying, but that's as close as we've gotten in recent years, right? Like, it's DeMar... Uh, JV, DeMar, yeah, DeMar Barnyan, nine, right? De, I think DeMar was JV nine. was four. I think JV was four. JV was right? our highest one, yeah. And that was out Other of nowhere. And that was out of and our and Barnyani was even more out of nowhere, right? So we have a history of doing this. Well, that's, Barnyani that's kinda... was supposed to be Dirk, fam. But when <laughs> yo, <laughs> NBA world, right? Couldn't understand what happened that day. Who'd we take him over? Uh, LA or something? LA. Brandon Roy, Brandon but I don't think Roy. Brandon Roy was touted that high at the time. I think it was LA, and obviously Brandon Roy was in that. Um, I don't remember who else was in that draft, but like, look, not like no absolute superstar came out of that, so it doesn't look that bad. But had it been another draft, that would be in line with one of the worst draft picks in NBA history yeah. because he was a scrub. Yeah, it was it was shit. Never had a. I think his best year was on like the Nets or some shit or Brooklyn. Yeah, I remember. He, I remember he had Jersey. a good year for us. I don't know, but he he had one good year, but it wasn't like it was like seventeen and five or something. Yeah, shit like I think that. he was like coming off the bench or some shit, some shit like that. Um, all right, spent a lot of time on this. Let's move on. Russell Westbrook to the Lakers for spare parts, right? KCP. Who 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 means something to the Lakers? I don't even disrespect him like that because he's been big for them all the time. And that's the, that's the thing. It's spare parts when you look at it now, but yeah. on the team, these yeah. are players that man Kyle actually Kuzma, they needed to perform. But I, I only believe that to be true for KCP. Kyle Kuzma got traded was Montrezl Harrell, who I think was out the door anyways. Kyle Kuzma is the scrubbiest of the scrubs, right? And a first round pick in twenty twenty one, which is this year. So, um, for Russell Westbrook. Right. I think me personally, I think there's obviously some roster filling issues that need to go down. Um, honestly, the NBA needs to fix this cap thing because it just doesn't make sense that teams can continue to do this. As a Laker fan, I'm I'm happy, like I'm okay with it, but as a fan of the NBA, there's no reason why Westbrook, who's making like upwards of forty million dollars, I believe, he's can be on forty four million this year. He's, can be on the same the team with AD and LeBron James. Yeah, right? He's like, the highest paid player on, on yeah, the team. Go ahead, go ahead. Yo, this is fucking. This I, I said it. Eh? It's merch over rings, fam. This is merch. I'm, I don't understand the the sentiment that the Lakers are winning the the, the NBA championship next year. I told you about LeBron, though. LeBron like, only cares about the man that he competed against. If you were fam, good at one point, to me, it's just like if if the Lakers win the championship, I will be so surprised because I truly am telling you, like. And obviously, you know, I don't want to be, I'm not saying this as a Laker hater, because obviously it will do my heart good to see LeBron win another ring. But I just don't see it. I don't see it. Number one, can I get a shooter, bro? The Buddy healed five minutes before? That's the trade I wanted to see, fam. I was loving that. That's the trade, bro. That's That's the trade that, that trade had me saying championship. That's a top five shooter in the league for me. So, like, I was happy for that. And he can actually fam. get a bucket. Like, And he can he, score the ball, fam. Yeah. That's the trade where I said, okay, championship next year. We're back in business. Buddy Not Russell Heald, Westbrook. Buddy healed on a team with LeBron James. They'd be talking about him like he's a star in the center. Fam, he'd be out. He'd, he'd average almost 20 points a game. Yeah, and he'd be out of here still. They'd move like he's the next best thing. That's he'd average fact. almost 20 a game. 
He'd have he'd be in the corners when he's supposed to be in the corners, hit his jump shots. He sprints. And the when floor. it's time to for Does, him to it... get his bucket on the second unit to be that player, he'd be out there being that player. He'd average almost twenty a night. If not more, honestly, if I'm being honest. <laughs> like, what's going on? And they're telling me Russell Westbrook, all right, so Ru- he cannot shoot. I don't – oh, he's going to take he's gonna take the pressure off of LeBron James. Then go get a backup point guard. That is the point. <laughs> That's the point of the backup point guard. What's the point? Listen, this is the thing, right? I do think it can work, but only under one AD very – AD would have to play center. Yeah. Und- that's it. There's like there's literally because you basically Russell Westbrook, as far as I'm concerned, on the offensive end is a center, right? There's no other way around. It. Like if you're operating with Anthony Davis's power forward and you have another center out there who isn't Brook Lopez, even if it's Marc Gasol, it's not good enough. It's not. You're getting because Marc Gasol can't shoot anymore unless you have Brook Lopez, who's standing out there and a legitimate threat from three. You're not doing anything. Like you're simply not. And Anthony Davis. And I hope someone told him. I hope someone told him you need to fuck off and start doing your job because there's no this time is now, right? You're twenty, you're twenty seven, whatever it is. Like the time is now. You're telling me if you're bringing Russell Westbrook on, you must understand that there's no way you're playing five. You're playing the four. Sorry, simply none. <laughs> that's that's the only way he can even begin to work. But like and I, even and I know and even I know at, he's gonna. Close, still, I know he's, yeah, there's still question marks. There's I know, still question I, marks. Yeah, I know. At the end of the day, he's gonna close games at the five. Right, that's but I'm not talking about from yeah, it's not good enough from the very start. I'll tip off. You need to be at the five. That's, I, that's that, the idea the Mac, that fam, he cannot shoot. It's not even like we're saying like we're jumpers, saying like like he. Can, Fam, he cannot shoot, yeah. bro. And the fact that he still shoots the ball when he cannot shoot is a detriment. You don't want to get Russell Westbrook in a position to where he's feeling like he has to shoot. Mm-hmm. Because if he's not shooting, he can't get to places on the floor where he can succeed. Which is Thanks. why they ended up trading one of the one of a, a, a 15-15 and 15 man back in Houston. You know what I'm saying? Like Because the only way Russell Westbrook is going to succeed is if he's going downhill... And he has the spacing to continuously put pressure on the rim. And even then, he's 33 years old this year. Yes, he may still have some years left, but he's not the finisher he once was. He's not attacking the basket the way he once was. But he's still he, doing it very well. But though. he's still doing it at a great clip, yes. But at the same time, it's not as good as it once was. So the fact is that if AD is not going to play the five and space out and be a Brook Lopez or Kevin Love at position at points and times, or maybe you can do a pick and roll. Pick and, and I don't pop even like him, that. That's the thing. I don't even like that. But that's what like it's going to take. I know. I don't. I don't like AD being again. AD right? is only what, what a thirty percent three point shooter. This is what I'm saying. Like when that. these teams get caught up in in trends, right? Like AD is a guy that if he takes a one two a game, you're he good, looks great. Right? Yeah, but you don't want this guy out there having to shoot six. And I feel like I've seen that from him since he's been on the Lakers way too many times because he doesn't want to play center. Yeah, the best the best shooter on the team right now is LeBron James at thirty four percent. And yes, LeBron James is going to be guarded because he's LeBron James. But at the same point in time, LeBron cannot be your shooter. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. It cannot happen like that. And you know, I would maybe feel better about this if they were able to keep that that twenty uh, second pick this year and draft a shooter because there were shooters that were around. Thing you can get a cost efficient guy where you can just bring in and tell him to hit jump shots. Maybe if they kept the pick, it would have felt better. But now you're telling me is what you're telling me is you got Russell Westbrook and the fit doesn't work. 
Now you're telling me that you're basically hard cap, so you, you can only really sign man to the veteran minimum, and you do have your mid-level exception, I believe, or your mini mid-level where you can sign a man for $5 million. Where the fuck are you getting shooters who can defend at the league at the league minimum? Where are you getting that? They're about to call Kyle Corver still. Like, where are you getting that? Where are you getting a shooter that you're going to have to bring back a guy like Wesley Matthews, and he's the deadest of foods in the land? That's the players that you have to fill out this roster with. You have to fill out the roster with 10 Wesley Matthews. Like, I, I'm sorry, bro. It says merch. It sounds great. It sounds Russell Westbrook is a Los Angeles Laker. This is not 2016. It simply isn't. It's not. It's just not. So, like, I don't know, bro. Like, it's like. Uh, I have confidence in LeBron James to figure it out. Like, there's still going to be a good team. Yeah. Right? I still I, I still wouldn't look at. I can't look at as as we speak right now. I can't look at any team in the West who's better than them. No, I, I definitely can't. Still. Who? Fam, this team, this this Los who, Angeles Lakers team would have lost to, to the to the Suns still. They would have lost to the Suns. But you don't but okay, but you're really but okay, but so you think that as of right now, this Suns team is better than this Los Angeles Lakers team? If this if the Suns bring back Chris Paul, I think Yeah, I'm saying this still, this the team we just saw yeah, in the finals, you think it's better I, than this? I team? would say that they're better. Um yes, it's 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 Denver is out right now because of Jamal Murray. Clippers are out right now because of Kawhi Leonard. Which so is have, a serious one. So we expect so you, Jamal Murray to be back, but I don't know about Kawhi. Yeah, so you have leverage in the sense that two teams are weakened by this. But at the same time, it's like even if you say that they're the best team, I don't feel like they like they're like they've pulled the head. Like I feel like they're in a tear with other teams is 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 better for me. Like I don't feel like they're like tier one and then you have yeah, teams underneath them that are that are lower. I just feel I like they're they're in a cluster. Like they're they would be as good as the Jazz. I would say that. As who? As the Jazz. Like they're oh. as good as the Jazz. Okay, like, but this is the thing, right? I wouldn't I wouldn't say this team this one thing I know is I don't think this trade made them worse. Right? I don't think no, it didn't make him worse because those guys that they traded away are yeah, shit. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, and they didn't at the really very have least, any flexibility. And I, and I still believe that LeBron James, and Anthony Davis would have been better who, than who, whoever they can put out there right now, right? So that's kind of how I'm looking at it. So I look at a guy like Westbrook. Like, I think if we get to a Lake, I think right now as we speak, like it's kind of setting up for a Lakers, um, Nets collision course in the finals, and it would be Nets in five. I don't. Again, I don't know. I don't know. But that, but that would be, listen, listen. We keep talking about KD tipping the scales, and I, again, I'm the first man to tell you that he never done it the fair way, the righteous way. Never, right? Righteous way used to be the honest way. At this point, I'm saying the righteous way is just have another superstar with you. I'm not asking. Just don't have three. That's the righteous way at this point. We're saying he hasn't done the righteous way. If he meets LeBron James, Westbrook, and Anthony Davis, all's fair. Yeah, but I think like for me the Nets, they the the this Lakers team makes the Nets look like it was like handcrafted by God. Like that fit yeah, over yeah, in Brooklyn yeah. is so but much to be fair, better. There was questions about that. It is better, but there were it's, questions about the fit. Well, when it's happened. so much better, bro. Yeah, like it's so much better than because, what they have because over we've in seen LA. it. Though. But that's because realistically, that's because a guy like Kevin Durant, man, like you drop him in anything and it looks better. Still, yeah, but that's the thing. You drop all the players over there realistically. Not Harden, not now, Harden, but, because, but Harden has shown us that you're able to drop him in. I, but I'm saying, but I'm but, saying, but, let's, let's before it was only, yeah. Uh, yeah, before you only had the one question mark in the thing. But like we've already had question marks with AD 
because of his unwillingness to do something that is necessary for him to do. Fact. Same thing how you would hold Harden against him doing what is necessary. But then Harden showed us that he's willing to do it. Now, AD has to show us that. You see what I'm saying? And Russell, I don't care what system he is in, it won't work. LeBron James is LeBron James, and that's the only way I see it. I see it will work for Russell Westbrook is if LeBron James is able to get something out of him that he didn't or has never showed in his entire life, where he didn't even really know that he had it even in him at the point. If they win the championship, Russell Westbrook is going to say that LeBron James showed me something in me that I had no idea was in me. That's the only way I see it working. I just don't see it happening, bro. They should have got Buddy healed. They would have been in a way better position to win games. But merch over rings. Like, if, if it happens, it happens, and I will be glad, but I'm not rolling. I'm sorry. I'm not rolling. Uh, moving on. We're just going to touch on the Ben Simmons trade. We're going to table the um, top five in five years. We're going to save that for when Rob's gets back next week because um, we're at an hour right now. But last thing, Ben Simmons, right? There was some chatter about Ben Simmons. This is going to be ongoing. But they're saying they were trying to trade him before the trade deadline. And I never believed that to be true just based on their asking price. Right, so they're asking for what, four first round picks. That's the Warriors for four first round picks, Andrew Wiggins and James Wiseman for Ben Simmons, which is ludicrous because that would have been the best package in NBA history. And I was talking, I don't I think I was talking to Marky and I said, like, there's probably only two players in the NBA that I give this up for. And it's not Ben Simmons. I thought Luca, first of all, you have to be an elite player in this league and you have to be twenty two, in my opinion, for me to give you four first round picks, James Wiseman and Andrew Wiggins, right? So I think that's so that's that's too low for a guy like Lucas. So that's not getting it done. But, but so all I'm t- all I'm saying to you is there's only a couple <laughs> men I'm giving that up for. That's what I'm saying, yeah. right? So with that said, I never expect them to get traded because their asking price is going to come have to come down, and there's no way it was going to come down in the span of 24 hours. Simply wasn't going to happen to a reasonable amount where a team's going to expect it, right? I think the Sixers maybe missed a chance. And being able to obviously trade for draft picks in this year, but they're obviously fine with that, right? Um, I guess yeah, my so question is not to like they is, were going to get a premium pick, yeah, to, to make it worth doing it yeah. right now. I guess my question to you is like, at what point and at what price do you see this being resolved? Because this is he's going to get traded, right? It's yeah, not a matter he'll, of he'll if, get traded. it's just. When? So I'm asking you when and what is the price point? I don't think he gets traded. Um, I think it'll it'll be close to say the start of preseason, where we where we see something happen with him, because I believe that they're going to hold out as long as they possibly can in order to get something done with a player that they feel is a player that's going to autom- immediately put them in back into the conversation. Um, because honestly, like. If you're gonna trade him for a Malcolm Brogdon or a CJ McCollum, players are those are good players. Ben Simmons is better, point blank. I don't business about him not taking shots in the fourth quarter in that last playoff game, whatever the case is. Ben Simmons is better than CJ McCollum, and Ben Simmons is better than Malcolm Brogdon. So if I'm gonna be making a trade like that uh, and going back backwards, you still think you're not, upgrading? It's you not gonna. I don't even have to upgrade it right now. They're uh, they're out here trying to upgrade. I feel like they have to make it the when we see a deal happen, and I still feel like there's potentially he will come back if nah. they don't get what they need. Nah. The deal that has to happen has to be a lateral move. The team that's getting him has to feel like they're getting obviously the we know Ben Simmons' resume, but the Sixers have to feel like they're 
either getting better or staying the same or getting better in in areas where they wanted to improve while worsening in other areas. I feel like a guy like a Darian Fox, if he was to be available, that would be a great trade. I feel like both teams would look at it. I don't know with how they would feel with the construction of um, yeah, Halliburton with Ben or whatever the case is. But for the Sixers, it would be a welcome thing. Yes, bring it on. Or uh, OG Ananobi and Kyle Lowry. Straight up, two for one. You take those guys, we take Ben Simmons. Now it can't happen anymore because, you know, we have Scotty Barnes and we have Pascal still on the roster. But that's the type of trade that I'm talking about where both teams can come to the table and say, yes, we're doing something that we can both walk away and say we're, we're, we're getting plus value from. The notion that, you know, we're going to get to training camp and we're saying, fuck it. All right, fine. CJ McCollum, let's go. You go over there and we'll start the season. I don't think I don't see that happening. Because at um, the end of the day, Ben Simmons is the best trade trip on the market. Period. Here's the thing, right? I don't think that they're just going to settle and just say, here, take CJ McCollum. I just think a good enough offer is going to come. And, like, it's clear, right? As much slander as, you know, the league puts out or, like, has been put out on Ben Simmons, like, it's clear that people have some type of understanding of who he actually is, right? And I think, similar to me, a lot of people understand that Ben Simmons could look a lot better if he's not on this team. Right, just because of Joel Embiid, and it's no fault to Joel Embiid. It's just the space he occupies forces Ben Simmons into being a point guard, right? And you can't shoot. So, I think a lot of teams know that. So, I think eventually an offer is going to come. I don't think necessarily you're going to upgrade. You're not going to come out. I don't believe you're coming out of this with a better player, right? You might get pieces, you might get chips, you may get assets, whatever it may be. But I see no way he walks back into that locker room. Like it's it just. Again, right, you want to say they're going to wait and they're going to hold out. I believe the right offer is going to come or it's going to have to come before he does that. So I think he gets traded before prison starts. I think the, I don't. this is a thing, right, that's kind of confusing me with Philly. Like, I don't see why you want draft picks, right? I think your goal right now should be able to get back players strict that can players, help you yeah. right now, right? Yeah, Even the players. trade from the Warriors, like, what are you going to do with Wiseman? Assuming they, assuming a, a um, assuming a more reasonable deal would have included Wiseman, why do you want Wiseman? I guess would be my question. To play thirteen minutes off your bench, like it just the idea. Like again, they need to hone in on what they want, which I would assume to be players, because there's no resetting this thing, right? There's no rebooting. There's no doing this shit again. Like it is what it is at this point. You kept every year. You've continuously made trades to further dig yourself in a hole, right? If it it was Jimmy Butler, which you walked away, it was Tobias Harris, and you gave him thirty five million a year. It was trading Al Horford and giving up assets to get Danny Green just to get off of Al Horford. Like you continue to dug deeper and deeper and deeper into this hole of trying to compete for a championship, and I think that's what's gonna. That's, that's what's holding their price so high, obviously, right? Because Ben Simmons is obviously an integral part of them getting to everywhere they have been so far. Ben Simmons might be the reason why they haven't gotten past that point, but he's definitely one of the reasons why he's gotten they've gotten that far. So they're going to have to trade him. Though. Whenever I hear your agent is working with the team to try and find a spot for him, I know what time it is, bro. You, yeah, you don't I, do that and then walk back into the locker room and just look at Maz and it's all cool. Be like, I'm back. I'm yeah, back. like... If you're again, if you're a team that's focused on winning and being a champ and, and you know doing something, you can't have those type of distractions. Even if it's for two weeks, like it's just not worth it for you. Because how is a man like Ben Simmons gonna look Doc Rivers in the face after after Doc Rivers basically said this man can't can't win you games? 
I'm not saying he wouldn't do it. Obviously, there's a way for it to be done, but it just doesn't seem likely. I hear that. So, and yeah, I do feel like he's going to end up getting traded. I just hope that I, I and again, Murray and Maury, I know he's not an idiot. So, and I, I, all I want is for people to not mitigate the value that Ben Simmons has. That's all I care about. If you're trading him, trading with the idea or the notion of what he truly is. It's fair to say that, you know, this player for all his, for all the good, the flaws are holding us back too much. So even if we downgrade a little bit, but just don't sell for free. And as long as we don't sell for free, as long as I don't see no fucking Malcolm Brogdon come back and trade, even CJ McCollum, I'll be a little bit more amenable to it. But even that is just too low for me. I don't know what I need back or what's out there on the market for me to get. But I feel like a CJ is the lowest possible bar that we can play. And then that's too low because at that point, we're talking about a team that we're losing a supernova on defense. And now we're looking at CJ and Seth Curry and Tobias Harris. And you realize how much good Ben Simmons did when that now happens. And then you roll out that lineup. And now you're realizing that the defense all of a sudden is just magically shit. Well, no, it's because you're losing one of the best defenders in the entire NBA. You know what I'm saying? And replacing so like, him with a negative. So that's the, that's the exactly. Point. And then replacing him with a negative in CJ McCollum. So, yeah, man, I just, I just want them to. It's a tough time for us. I, it breaks my heart that Ben Simmons has placed us in this position. To be honest, one it, thing it truly does. I'm kind of sad. The Scotty Barnes pick kind of confirmed to me that we're kind of out on the Ben Simmons thing. Um, I don't know how you feel about, it, but that's just kind of how I felt. About it. I was kind of disappointed in that because, like. I truly believe, and we're going to get to it. We'll get to it next week when we do the top five. But, like, I truly believe if you put him in a situation where he has that space that a Pascal occupies, for example, or where you're not asking him to be a point guard, you can play within around the paint. You get the ball in a fast break. You go. You're going to score a lot in transition. You're going to get to the line. You're going to get a lot of layups. You're going to get a lot of post looks, face up, attack the basket type shit. I think the perception of Ben Simmons would be night and day, right? Just think about Giannis five years ago if he was playing with Joel Embiid. Think about how bad he would look, right? Like, it's just, it just, it just, the fit just obviously wasn't there, right? And because Joel Embiid's such a good player, you don't necessarily have time to make space for Joel. But we've seen Ben play way better when Joel's not on the court just because that space is there now. So I think... Whoever Which gets is why him. low key, like I don't know before before Cap became a guy who I don't know if he likes basketball anymore. A Cat and Ben Simmons team could work. You know what I'm saying? Like if you just 100, swapped out Ben, I'm not sorry. Yeah, if you just 100. swapped out Cat for Embiid, yeah, like yeah. I feel like we're back in business. But yo, that's obviously, the NBA, fam. It obviously comes down to shooting. Like yeah, obviously <laughs> we're not going to do that. That's the NBA. Like when you can shoot the basketball everything becomes clear still. If you can't dribble, if you can't, and that's why me and Rob said this, that's the most important skill in basketball because you can't do anything else if you can shoot still. It changes everything. So, um, I think that's it. We're well over an hour today. Um, we didn't get to a topic, but that'll be better served for next week. I want to loop Rob's in on that one. But anything else for you? Nah, your free agency, I believe, is August 3rd, which is what... Um... What is that? Tomorrow? Is that tomorrow? No, two days from now. Two days from now. Oh, two days from now. Right. Yeah, so- <laughs> <laughs> That's why. 
two days from now, still, uh, you're about to hear bear movements. Like we're we're gonna get clarity on Kyle Lowry. I pretty, I feel like we're gonna get clarity on that front very, very early. And then you know, it should be. It's a great time. Like the NBA is truly, especially now because it's so condensed. We're gonna go from free agency. We're gonna go straight into summer league, and before you know it. We're back in preseason, so yeah, yeah, it's 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 a great time up ahead. So, all right, Sahara report. Um, as I said, at the start. We're entering peak off season, so we're gonna get a bit creative on our topics and discussion. We're gonna we're gonna voice a lot more opinion, right, and kind of get into things that might be a bit different from what we go through on a day to day, just because we don't have as much news, we don't have as much things to review. So, there's definitely a reason to stay tuned, right? Obviously, the NBA doesn't really stop itself and neither are we so like comment share subscribe as always this episode will go out on tuesday today due to the holiday but again typically monday 8 a.m every single week share like subscribe any comments feel free to leave them we'll get back to you uh we love to discuss right like we'll argue me specifically i know chris like we'll argue for hours on the most irrelevant of yeah irrelevant of nba topics so there's never an issue there. Um, never hoard a good thing. And as always, it's the harder report.